And welcome back. It's 25 minutes away from 2 o'clock. Hope you're managing to uh, keep cool out there, but uh, the good news is uh, cooler weather is on the way. Well, last month we spoke to, to the Premier, Jay Weatherill, about the launch of the Fund My Neighbourhood program, where the government stumps up about $40 million to finance community projects uh, all over the state. The Premier joins us now for an update. G'day, Premier. G'day, how are you? Good, good to see you. Look, we'll talk about the Fund My uh, Neighbourhood program just in a moment, if that's all right. But first, can we discuss a few other issues? Mm. You made an an important uh, announcement today that uh, uh, you've actually... Hitched up the uh, the gas or, or the, uh, the the diesel powered generators. Mm. They will become gas fired generators yeah. eventually. But you're actually ahead of schedule on that. Uh, yeah. That's good news so, given the weather out, out there today. Absolutely, very timely. So the state-owned power plant that we said uh, we'd put in place is basically at two temporary locations. So one at the GMH site and the other at Lonsdale, the desal site. Uh, so it's there temporarily. Uh, running on liquid fuel until we can take it to another site, which will be its permanent home where it will run on gas. So that's when you're connected to the gas supply. Yeah, so we've uh, obviously we're looking at a number of locations, but 276 megawatts, so that's a big deal, uh, and it's ready to fire up right now. So it um, it is ahead of budget, ahead of schedule, which is great news. And obviously heading into summer, we wanted to have there as backup, and it's it's part of our energy plan, pretty critical part of the energy plan, mm. to give us really control over our energy future. At the last, you remember back on the 8th of February, we had that 90,000 people that were blacked out uh, for no good reason. We put our energy plan in on the 14th of March, and now today, a key element of it is being uh, switched on. So it's pretty quick work, um, and I think the great thing about it is it provides that security it really gives people a degree of confidence that there'll be backup when we get into the hot months. How will it go, though? Because at the end of the day, when uh, we're all experiencing a heat wave, mm. Victoria is now finding itself in a situation very similar to us uh, mm. with the closure of their power station over there. Yeah. I believe they've only just started looking for their diesel, mm. diesel generation, yeah. generators. Yeah. Are we going to get the phone call in Sydney? You're going to get the phone call from Sydney saying, you know, from the national regulator saying, mm. uh, Jay, send some uh, power over the border. It's, it's well, we might get the call, but uh, they may not get a favourable response unless it suits us. I mean, this this backup power station is exactly for that, to make sure that South Australia power is secure first. Uh, If there's obviously any spare capacity, we'll give it some thought. But really, it has to be sitting there as a reserve capacity for us first and foremost and what we also did um, as part of that energy plan the three things that will be different this summer compared with last summer are uh, the Minister for Energy now has powers of direction so we can constrain the interconnector so we can basically be Mm self-sufficient if we think that that's in our interest. The second thing of course is the um, 100 megawatt battery which will be switched on for summer and um, and now, of course, today's announcement with the 276 megawatt uh, state power plant. So that's the um, – it's first and foremost for us. Uh, if it could be sensibly used elsewhere, obviously we'll have those discussions, but um, that's our principal objective. And, you know, the, the national electricity market let us down in, in uh, back in February. We're not going to let it do that to us again. So you're confident that we're going to be able to get through this summer without having any blackouts? Oh, look, any, any power shedding? Look, um, all the advice is that we'll get through this summer without um, those events. Of course, I can't warrant for local outages when a tree hits a a power line. That's obviously local distribution. But in terms of the energy generation system, that sits there as backup. It's worth remembering it's not just 
it's not just the demand and the supply in the system, it's also if a piece of kit falls out. So we've got some very old privately owned power stations here. They can fall over at a moment's notice and, and back in March one of them did have a technical fault and fell over. Fortunately that day the wind was blowing but uh, now we've got this other backup in case something like that happens or indeed if we do have that big difference between demand and supply that you see during really hot months all right, let's uh, move across to health. It uh, yeah. continues to be a real sore spot, pardon the pun. Mm. Uh, today we learned some patients are, are, are waiting more than five years for treatment. That's not acceptable these days, is it? Well, all urgent cases are dealt with. And if, if you look at the same lists that were published, um, the urgent cases are, are down to really almost no waiting time for people to get in to see them. What we're talking about here are non-urgent cases. And we're also talking about lists that are held in a range of different places. We're doing a review of the list. We think there's a lot of double counting on that list. So people are appearing multiple times on those lists. Um, so we're going to tidy those lists up and make sure that, that they are actually an accurate representation of what's going but on. But if someone, there. there was examples given that, uh, you know, people were going blind while they're waiting on the list. Mm. That's urgent. It is. And look, I don't know about the individual cases, but I'm advised that all the urgent cases have been dealt with uh, speedily. So we, we need to get to the bottom of that. I mean, I think some of the um, suggestions are, on my advice aren't accurate, but we'll, we'll look at each of those cases. Obviously, it's our intention to make sure that people see somebody as soon as possible. If you go back to 2012-13 and compare it with last year, we saw 50,000 more people throughout patients. So each year we keep ramping it up, but demand keeps, you know, growing enormously. Mm. I mean, health is one of those things where as we improve what we can do for people, more and more people want our services, obviously, and uh, we just pour heaps and heaps of additional resources into this sector, but it gets soaked up because, you know, technology changes. We can do wonderful things to improve people's lives and we just got to keep running to keep up. Four months out from an election campaign, yeah. which is going to be very, very tight, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Do you ever sort of regret the day you bit the bullet and said, <laughs> yes, let's go with transforming health, let's go with the new RA? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, we've modernised every major hospital in South Australia. I mean, the idea that we'd still be rattling around that old Royal Adelaide Hospital, people have forgotten how many compromises they were making, how many excuses they were making for a rabbit warren of a hospital. Now we have one of the great hospitals of the world here in South Australia. Australian. I think South Australians want first best. I don't think they want to settle for second best. And uh, look, if, if after being a, a Labor government of long-standing, if we couldn't invest in making sure we had a first-class hospital, then we didn't deserve the name. And so we, you know, the, the big Labor project is public hospitals. I mean, this has always been in our DNA, and I'm proud that we're doing it. All right, let's have a look at the bank tax mm. uh, as far as uh, where it sits in, in your budget. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit messy. Um, you've done a deal. You managed to crack a deal with uh, the Dignity Party and, and Kelly mm. Vincent. She she got, uh, you know, $40 million yeah. or thereabouts for yeah. uh, disability for the disabled. No joy with Robert Brokenshire, though, or the Australian Conservatives, or John Daly. Mm. They've made their position very, very clear. They're not even willing to discuss it. Mm. Uh, is there any hope that you're going to be able to actually get this through? Well, that's why we keep running the argument, so we can persuade people. So your listeners who are listening to this can talk to their Member of Parliament. And our earlier discussion about health, where we discussed you know, the bottomless pit of spending, is not unrelated to our need to raise revenue. I mean, you know, there's two, people are happy when we spend money, less happy when we try and raise it. And so we try and raise it in a way which doesn't affect ordinary people. Banks have been getting off scot-free 
they they don't pay GST on financial. But see, services. the public says that ordinary people will be affected by this bank well, tax. But, but the thing is that they don't pay GST on their financial services. Now everybody else does. Uh, and so states and territories would have been getting that GST, haven't got it for a decade. All we're asking them to do is to pay one-third of 1% one of their $30 billion-odd in profits. It's not a lot. You know, when the Commonwealth Bank got into trouble a little while back with their money laundering of you know for terrorists and organised crime, they cancelled their, their bonuses. Mm. They amounted to more than we're seeking to raise from them in terms of the bank levy. So they've got plenty of cash. Even they'll admit they can afford it. They just don't want to pay it. It's not that they can't pay it. Naturally enough, they want to protect every dollar that they can. So we think they can afford to pay it. We're going to pass a law which says that they can't pass it on. Uh, and we're going to make sure that we protect South Australians. So every dollar that we're raising goes back into supporting the services I spoke about, creating jobs. So in the same package, we're giving payroll tax cuts to small mm -hmm. business, jobs accelerator grant if you take on an apprentice. Which will be delayed until this actually yeah, happens, exactly. won't it? Yeah. Future jobs fund, all that stuff, which is has to be paid for somehow. Now, this will, it looks as though this will go to the election. Uh, well, yeah, unless, yeah. unless you have any breakthroughs yeah. between now and then. Yeah, one way or another. Um, is it worth taking to the election? Is it? Are you take? Are you standing your firm ground on principle, or purely and simply on the actual financial impact that it will have on on your bottom line if you don't get it through? Well, both. I mean, you know, you've, you've, there's no sort of magic money. You've you've got to balance the books, and so what we're, I mean. What What is dishonest is the Liberal Party that says, yeah, we, we're happy with all your expenditure. They won't criticise our spending. But then when we raise revenue to cover it, they say, oh, we don't like the, the bank levy. Well, there's only two answers to that. You either cut the spending, the spending we've announced, or you cut some other spending, mm. so on public servants, doctors, nurses, police, all the other things we spend money on, or you find another tax. They say they don't want to do that. Or you allow the deficit to increase and they presumably they say they don't want to do that so you know there's no way of counting money which which you know there's the iron laws of mathematics you do have to pay for your spending so that's why we're you know in a mature way saying if you want these community demands of us certain services we have to say to the community we have to be paid for in a certain way and we don't want to do it in a way which has a burden on average householders so that's why we go to the banks because um and, and you know, this isn't something i dreamt up five minutes ago, I've been promoting this at a national level for a number of years mm. now. Just the Commonwealth jumped in and took half uh, of the... They stole your idea. Well, they did. Well, half of it. We just didn't, we're in for the other half. Is there any hope of you getting this through or it will be delayed until uh, It all March? depends on the individual decisions of members of Parliament mm. this week. And they'll be influenced by people calling them and saying, look, we think you should do this. We think this is a sensible measure. Uh, and, and they'll have to also reflect on the idea that if governments can't get their budgets through, what does that mean for governing countries? We'll end up like Canberra, where it's a complete muddle. Nobody actually knows who's running the place at the moment. You know, and if you want to have a, a stable and secure government, you've, you've got to allow governments to have their budgets. I mean, otherwise it becomes a complete mess. Are you confident that, that will happen, though? No, well, I'm not confident. That's why we're we're appealing to members of parliament to um, to vote the right way. So interesting, interesting discussions going on <laughs> exactly. over some pizzas, perhaps, and some closed Maybe. doors uh, <laughs> this week. We're talking to the premier uh, Jay Weatherall. Uh, after the break, we'll have a look at uh, my fund my neighbourhood, uh, the initiative to. Uh, 
Well, fun projects right throughout the entire state at our suggestion. That's uh, coming up next. And it's 10 minutes away from 2 o'clock. Uh, our guest this afternoon is Premier uh, of South Australia, Jay Weatherall. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Fund My Neighbourhood now, which uh, you came in a couple of months ago and, uh, and launched the program, uh, Premier. Been really, really successful. Can you explain just, you know, the 30-second version of what it really is? Well, you get to determine uh, what projects uh, get supported in your neighbourhood. So you get to nominate them. Then you get the vote on them, and uh, there's two lots of $20 million, so $40 million allocated for it. And uh, things like, you know, dog runs, um, parks, um, community ovals, projects around schools, playgrounds are a big one. They were very, they've been very common, have they? they have, playgrounds, updating yeah. playgrounds. So it's about 1,600 well. projects have been nominated across the state. Uh, and then what's fascinating is you get to vote on them, but you get this, you get allocated this five kilometre radius around your home, which is your neighbourhood, and you can choose five uh, projects to vote for, or three, uh, minimum of three, maximum of five, and then all the votes are tallied, and that's what happens. And if there aren't a certain number of projects in your radius, so say you live in the country, it just keeps expanding until you find the requisite number mm. of projects. Mm. So it's uh, it's a fascinating, it's new. Um, not many places in the world have done this. It's probably one of the biggest participatory budgeting exercises in the world. So it's it's all based about giving people control over their neighbourhoods and their and the way the government makes decisions. And are you happy with that uh, level of interest? Yeah, I mean it's we've had something like um, seventy five thousand votes um, have been cast, which is pretty amazing. Uh, but We've only got a week to go, mm-hmm. so we're, one of the reasons I wanted to have a chat to you today is to encourage people to get on and vote, because obviously as many people haven't voted. So people would be fascinated when you go online, you see the sort of projects, and you, you'll have a point of view. I mean, you will have a view about which is the best project in your neighbourhood, and so we're hoping people just get into it. So you've got a week to do it. So, yep. so just Google uh, Fund My Neighbourhood and you'll find the website. There's a map there. You, uh, you identify exactly where you live, and yeah. then, uh, as you say, it zooms into that area and shows you all the projects around. There's a few around my place. Pretty interesting, too. Yeah, a few I think of them it, I hadn't thought of. Yeah, it throws up about 30 projects, yeah. so you, then you've got a good choice, and it keeps expanding. And so if you're, say, you're a bit not comfortable with um, the technology, you can. there's a number you can call and um, speak to somebody there. And if you don't have access at home to uh, the internet, uh, libraries can help you. Mm, but mm. if you get onto the phone, we'll, people will come out and they'll actually help support you to do it. So we're really trying to encourage as many people as possible. So it might be a family or a friend uh, could come over. Like if you've got a, if you're, um, um, well, lots of older people are actually on the internet. But say, for instance, you don't feel comfortable with the technology, you could get, um, yeah, son get a friend or a to come over. Or a friend. Yeah. 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 Get the neighbour to come in or, or your, your son or daughter, as you say, or head off to the library and they'll certainly help you with it. Uh, what's the most unusual one uh, you've seen? Oh, I think it was a, somebody wanted to fund some. Uh, water fight. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether that'll get up, but the yeah, uh, yeah and there was water. that yeah. there was that one you were mentioning before about the the slouch hat. The slouch hat at, uh, at the RSL uh, at uh, Marden or somewhere. Yeah, I think it was. yeah. There's some yeah. look. There are some really interesting ideas. That some of them are um, things that wouldn't probably come up if state governments were designing a program mm. or if council was even designing a program. They're very idiosyncratic. They're people making their own choices in their own neighbourhoods. And, look, some of them are a bit crazy. Some of them are, uh, are pretty orthodox, like a playground, you know. And it's it's really – it's based on the principle that you know your neighbourhood better than anybody else. Mm. And so that's, that's how we're um, – 
Basically. Okay, so what's the process? Uh, they're, they're up. The nominations have been made. We've got another yep. week to vote. Yeah. Then what happens then? Because I'm assuming it's just the majority doesn't rule necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it pretty much does. I mean, once they've gone through the vetting process, they had to first get through to to actually those 1,600 um, projects. They first actually had to to go through to make sure they were. So if you nominate something on they council, got vetted. yeah, got vetted yeah. basically. Yeah. If you nominate something on council, then obviously the council has to. Um, be happy with it. So we've gone through the nomination phase, the verification phase. We're now in the community voting start phase, and really, it's just a question of adding up the um, certainly a, a number of projects can only get up within the sort of funding envelope. So each notionally each person's allocated about twelve dollars per person. So your neighbourhood, there are a couple of hundred thousand people in it. You can see that that throws up a certain amount of money that can be allocated in your neighbourhood. So. Mm-hmm. Once the projects, you go down the list of successful projects, and once the money runs out, that's how we make the choices. Now, there's an, this is, it's not all over after this either. This no. is only first round. There's first another round. one next year? Yeah. So you'd imagine that a lot of these 1,600, so we, we think about 200, 250 projects will get up. So you'd imagine that next time a lot of people will resubmit the project that Perhaps if it didn't get up this time, they might resubmit it. I suppose you'd also expect a few extra projects. So mm. you'll get mm. um, you'll get another crack at it next round. And not just metropolitan-based. Uh, no. One, one of the things I, I thought was absolutely fantastic is it covered the entire state. Yeah. What about uh, Far West Coast and even the APY lands? Absolutely. The whole, the, the whole of have the Have you had state. nominations from there? I'd have to check to see that. I, I know we have it on the West Coast. Uh, APY lands, I'm not sure. Um, I'd have to check that out, out online. But, yeah, and what it does is it keeps expanding the the area so that you get the uh, sufficiently large group of people because, obviously, there's a pretty sparse population. It might be you and a dog in... Yeah, uh, that's right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. dog run might get a, a big look in. But, the um, yeah, so it keeps expanding until you get to an area that that's, gives a sufficient aggregation of money mm. And uh, and voters and projects, so you can make a choice. Um, probably has, has it been more successful than the citizens' jury, because that well, was sort of the first interaction you had. Yeah, wasn't it? look, I think they're different. It's horses for courses. Like you use different uh, community engagement project processes for different things. I think citizens' jury worked well for issues where we're stuck. Like so, the political process has had a crack at it and hasn't been able to resolve them. So the first one I think worked really well when we had that you know, the thing about um, lockout laws and we had a bit of trouble working out, you know, mm-hmm. one side says you're the fun police, the other side said you're being soft on alcohol fuel violence. And mm-hmm. so the parliament got stuck. Then we gave, them, gave it to 40 people and they worked their way through it. So you, it, it's good for that deep deliberation where you, where you look at a lot of evidence. Something like this I think is really well suited to a voting thing. Voting, I don't think, necessarily is the big answer to everything because you sometimes need right, require deep thought. But I think on something like this, a vote, a vote is, is, a, is a sensible way of dealing with it. All right. Uh, well, the website is uh, fundmynaborhood.yoursay.sa.gov.au. So hop on there and, uh, as I say, go through the, the map and uh, it'll throw up all the various projects and you can choose to vote or not and uh, you have five votes. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. We'll see you uh, when the uh, when the announcements are made. Pleasure. Thank Good you. On. Thanks uh, very much. Uh, That's the Premier uh, of uh, South Australia, Jay Weatherall. Uh, stay with us. After the break, uh, we're going to uh, find out what's happening weather-wise, and we'll also check in on the bushfire situation.